in the recording. And Melissa, take it away. Thank you so much. Thank you so much um, for asking me to um, to share tonight and to allowing me to to allow me to be of service. Um, Melissa W. Compulsive Overeater. Um, I um, I just uh, just to qualify a bit. I um, I guess I should start by saying I have never. Um, not that I can think I've had a normal relationship with food. I, I don't think I've ever had a normal relationship with another person. I don't think I've ever had a normal relationship with myself. And I certainly, before I walked in the doors of, of OA, never had uh, any idea what normal looked like. And I think I had an aversion to the idea of normal. It seemed kind of boring to me. I was much more into drama and chaos. Um, I, I can remember binging as young as like six um, when I like, we would finish dinner as a family and I would like sneak into the kitchen after dinner. And um, that's my first, it's like really my first um, conception is like there was like the serving bowl of pasta and the family had finished eating. And, and I just like started eating that serving bowl of pasta and um, I wanted to stop because I was afraid that I would be, um, you know, found out, but I couldn't stop. And I was eating against my will. And um, I ate that pasta until it was finished. And um, I was filled with shame and guilt and fear. And I did that alone. And I basically did that for 40 years, just in different ways and different places. Um, the same story, we would have big holiday dinners, everyone would eat until they were full. And when everyone was finished, I was just getting started. I would go back into the kitchen, back into the downstairs freezer, keep eating. Slumber parties when I was growing up, you know, everyone would have like their two cupcakes. And I was like, what are you, what are we doing with the two cupcakes? You know, everyone would go back to the slumber, to the sleeping bags. I would go back into the rooms. Um, and then I like my disease takes is sort of it's compulsive overeating, but it's also there's a lot of laxatives, there's a lot of restriction, there's a lot of exercise, um, over exercise. There was a message in my house that it was just like not okay for Melissa to be fat, um, and that no one will ever love you if you're fat, which is a story that I've made up to sort of justify every action that I ever took. Um, and um I, um, I started all of that restriction when I was about 14 years old. Um, and just to sort of give a sense of what that looked like in my house, I gained like a little bit of weight in high school. I was about 30 pounds overweight and my mom took me to get liposuction and told me not to tell anyone. Um, and so, um, when I, um, I got to college, I started to use, um, cocaine and, um, that was very much like the way I had decided I was gonna control my weight. And um, this is where this all um, blurs together because I am sober in another program, but that um, this disease is really all one disease for me, which is, um, you know, I have used men and drugs and work and friends, humans, and food and exercise just to make me feel better, just to make me better. Um, 
And, you know, what that, those drugs look like for me, just to get a sense is like at the end, certainly in the end, like being the last couple of years, is like three days of like just eating nothing on a bender, usually alone with some guy, and then waking up and alone in a dark room with the shades pulled, ordering in food from like various places and then 10 straight hours of eating with my sore throat. I can barely get the food down. So I would order milkshakes to like freeze my throat so I could eat alone because that's how I like to eat. And I did that for years, years. And thank God for the drugs because it helped me bottom out. But when I got sober in that other program, like, it's just like, I was off to the races with the food and I got married in AA and I like married that guy, we moved to the suburbs. I got the cash and prizes, but I didn't get well. I got worse when I got sober. I worked steps off the wall. I thought the promises were a laminated sheet. They like passed around by the coffee. And like, I fell deeper into the food and that husband did not do what he was supposed to do because he was supposed to make it better. And it was his fault that I was miserable. And, and I was furious with him. And so what did I do? I did what I thought I was supposed to do was I found another guy. And I had an affair with a man who was gonna make it all better. And I starved and I exercised and I binged and I took those laxatives because you know what was like also gonna make it better? Being thin. That was the promise, right? That's what I heard is like, you're on, that was the mantra is like, if you're fat, you're unhappy, but if you're thin and you have the right guy and you look a certain way, it's gonna be okay. So I had to go grabbing for that guy. I just had to be someplace else. And that's the thing is like, if you, if you got in between me and my disease, like you were just in my way. And that included two little girls that I had in that marriage. And I found this job that was associated with this guy. And it was like across the country. And I would leave my kids for weeks at a time. And I just didn't call them. Or maybe I would call, maybe I'd get in 10 minutes, but I didn't call. And I came home from business trips and I would get up like early next morning and I didn't make breakfast for my kids. I went to an exercise class because I had maybe like eaten too much or binged the night before on a plane and I, and I had to get rid of that food. And so I lied and I left them and I raged and I locked the door and ignored them when I cried and I hid in the basement and binged. And I cared more about staying thin and basically I did about being alive and I just wanted to die. And I crawled into OA and I was desperate. Except the first time I came into OA, I like wasn't desperate enough. And so I kind of like had this like hodgepodge of like, of abstinence and I was living dishonestly in my life. And um, the thing is like, I just, it, none of it really matters. Like rarely do we see a person fail if, and then there are like three honests on page 58. And like, I had zero honests in my life. And so I relapsed, I blamed the program, I blamed my sponsor and I left. And then, you know, I finally 
Um, you know, circumstances make us willing. I came in, um, this weird thing happened with the pandemic and I wound up, I had left that husband um, and we wound up living together in the pandemic and ironically moved back in right before we'd signed our divorce papers. And, um, and in living together, we wound up co-parenting these little girls. I lost my job. So there I was, no career. That guy who was going to save me, don't everyone die of shock. He didn't save me. It didn't actually turn out to be a healthy relationship. I know everyone is like falling off their chairs right now at this. Um, and I wound up like no guy, no career, like nothing. I wound up all of those things. I was alone. And there I was back in the house with that husband. And we were like making dinner together. And I was like putting ponytails in my little girl's hair at three o'clock in the afternoon and like helping them do their homework. And we were like watching movies together. And like, you know, he and I did not get into the past. And like to get into these chapters, like on page 125, it says, so we think that unless you said that unless some good and useful purpose to be served, past occurrences should not be discussed. And we did not analyze, we didn't accuse, we said, please and thank you, I enjoyed his company like for the first time. And, um, and I, when I, I came back to LA and I found I was totally desperate and I came to a meeting, a Sunday, a meeting of, of a, a phone meeting and, um, I really heard the message and I found a sponsor and I was like, I will do anything. I will literally do anything. Um, and I did anything she said, and including which I was like, I want to get him back. I'll do anything to get him back. And she said, That's okay, 10 minutes. thank you so much. She said, okay, well, we're going to work the steps and we'll talk about it when you've worked the steps. And so I did like, I, I worked the steps. And the only thing I did was show up in that house. And like, that's it. I walked the dog. I did the dishes. Like, that's it. There was no discussion. I'm like, it's interesting. Like for the first time as I worked the steps, instead of me being like annoyed that he wasn't the person that I like thought he should be, I was like, I, I just accepted that he was this guy that I kind of liked. And the thing is, though, I started to like call my sponsor, even though she was like, we're not going to discuss it. I was like, wait, 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 can we just like discuss this one thing? And then um, I was like, why isn't he like running to me? Right. And like saying like, you're so awesome. You did the dishes. She's like, you don't really do the dishes. So we get like a congratulatory event. Right. And, and then, and she would direct me literally to like page 123. And it says, It'll take time to clear away the wreck. The old buildings will eventually be replaced by finer ones. The new structures will take years to complete. And I was like, dude, years, like years, you know? And so I had to simmer down. And what did I do? I worked this program, right? I prayed to a God that I like didn't think existed until I did, until I believed, right? And I called women. And I just showed up and then I did, I made an amends to him and I owned not being present and being dishonest. And I had to, 
make an amends for hurting his kids and for blaming him for the things that I had done. And, um, and I own those amends. And then one day after I had worked those steps, that man that I had almost divorced and I had blamed for all my hurt and pain, um, I found myself sitting across from him and, um, and essentially saying like, okay, well, let's try this. And he, um, he's also recovered in another program. And what he said was, he was like, I've noticed how you've showed up and what you've given to this family. And essentially he was like, into how, like, I was like, it's like service. It wasn't like, you're so hot, you know? It was like, your service is so hot. He had a crush on how I like showed up. I had like whole, the whole thing mixed up. I was totally backwards. Um, you know, and then again, in the book, it says giving rather than getting will become the guiding principles. And like, you know, I thought that the whole thing about love was like, you know, coming in on the white horse with the roses and it's not, it's like the little things. It's little things that people appreciate, like not like me sneaking out when I realized that the dishwasher needs to be like, you know, undone. It's like, I, I take the dishes out, you know, not the expectation that like someone's going to do things for me. And what I realized, you know, is that like the fear creeps back in, like we're married, you know, it's like, there's like a stairmaster worth of 10 steps, you know, that I have to do. And when I don't do them, like the insanity comes back and I start to believe this like catastrophic thinking that I need a man to be okay. Cause that's what it was always. Like I need a man to be okay or I'm going to be alone and unlovable and unloved. And that's the end. Right. And the only way to get a man is to be like skinny. That's the old thinking. Um, and thank you, God. Like that's not what I live today, right? That I have these tools and I can call someone when I feel the fear and I don't have to run to my husband to make my discomfort go away, right? That's not his job. It's no human's job to restore me to sanity. They're not capable of it. That's not what a human does. And I'd stop resenting the humans around me who failed to deliver on these like totally unreasonable expectations, including my husband. And, you know, as to my kids, at the end of this, the family afterwards, it says the alcoholic may find it hard to reestablish friendly relations with his children. Their young minds were impressionable while he was drinking. And so my daughters suffered. And Five minutes. My 13-year-old is now medicated for anxiety. And my 11-year-old, I'm going to try and get through this without crying. My 11-year-old was almost institutionalized last year and she um, struggles with rage and there are debates about why she has cuts all over her. Um, and there are weeks that are good and there are weeks that are bad. Um, I do sometimes share about a very difficult week where I just made myself, made my way right to the pantry because like I just didn't want to feel what I was feeling. And again, thank you, God, I picked up the phone instead of picking up the food because, you know, sanity is restored. And I called women who walked through this with their 
their children. Um, but I had to do a, another fifth step just on the shame and the guilt that I felt around what I did to my children because I found myself calling my sponsor her and saying, like, I did this to her. I did this to her, you know? And I, I have to believe that like my little girls have a higher power too, you know? And I, I heard, I got a lot of freedom out of that fifth step because I just, um, I, I heard someone say, it reminded me that when I'm, when I'm in the food, I've lost the power of choice. I've just lost the power of choice and, and that I, I can be forgiven because like, if I honestly believe in my heart, like if I had it to do over again, I wouldn't do it. Like, and I, someone, I said, someone said that to me, I was like, I swear I would never do it again. And it's like, okay, so I'm just a human, you know? And so I'm an, and I'm an addict who lost the power of choice. And so what do I do today? Like I show up for that little girl. What is part of showing up? I don't pick up because it's like the most selfish thing I could possibly do. Because the second I pick up, I can't show up for her. And the other piece is like that line that oft quoted, like cling to the thought that in God's hands, the dark past is the greatest possession you have, which is like, I talk about this and I talk about how much I hurt my kids and what I did to my kids. Because like the worst thing that happens is that shame with that shame and that guilt is that lives in like the dark crevices of my mind. Because I can't afford to do that because that will kill me. And I owe it to any other woman that this like that lives with this to say, yeah, I did this too. You know, this was me too. And just to get current, like, so I lost my job. You know, it's like job or no job, wife or no wife. I'm like, yeah, it me, you know, like so I lost my job um at the pandemic. And um, and I've been looking for work. Um and I um and you know, my career went from looking for like a capital C career and flashing lights to now like just finding a job that like works for my family, where I can like live those amends, show up for them, work my program, because there is like a recognition that I am like no longer the star of the show. I am playing a supporting role. Like that's what I'm here to do today. And like, I um I recently like went on a job interview and I was interviewing with a woman. She like runs the company and she texted me, I'm really sorry, I'm running late. Like bath time was tough tonight. And I'm like, I want to work here. When it's acceptable for the head of the company to say I'm running late because bath time with her six month old is like, that's a cool reason to run late. One minute. I'm like, sign me up. Thank you so much. And like, it turns out, and by the way, I have like gotten rejected by like every single company that I have like applied for. And I just got an offer from that company and I'm starting on Monday and their offer and their hours are like, I work two days a week from home. And, um, it's like, and I get to work for a woman who like an acceptable reason for like not going, not being on time for a meeting. By the way, she was like six minutes late. I'm like, oh, I thought that was on time, you know, like an acceptable reason for like not coming is just like that time was hard. No apologies. And like, 
I just have to say that like, I live in the same house with the same man and the same kids that I have lived in, that's my time that I have lived in for like 10 and a half years. And like I hear in so many meetings, thank you so much. Like my whole life is better. And like my whole life is, I live this like dream life. And the only thing that changed is me. So thank you so much. And thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you for my slide. Alyssa, thank you. That was an amazing share. All right, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. And just a reminder, it's eight, nine and 10 this week. If you'd like to share, ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host, Katie, will call the raised hands in order. With the timekeeper, please set up a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up. You betcha. Thank you, Lita. Okay. Cindy, go ahead. Hi, everyone. My name's Cindy. Um, recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Um, uh, Melissa, <laughs> that was so beautiful. Um, I just have so much respect for you. Um, it's, you're beautiful. And I just can so relate to that. I, I remember um, when I was working on step eight, I almost went out in this program on that step. Um, I just had so much shame and guilt for things that I had done, not only to my children, um, but um, for things I had done in my past and things that I had to make right. And <clears throat> you were talking about how you called women and people in this program and how they helped you. And I remember one night I was sitting on the edge of my bed, crying, just rocking like an infant. I'm like, I can't do this. I just freaking can't do it. It's too hard. I'm not doing it. But I just felt so trapped, like a, a caged animal in my bedroom. And my phone rings and I look at it and it's this recovered woman who I have so much respect for who called me and we were talking on the phone and she saved my life that night. I mean, I was really seriously like that was it. I was done. I was out of here. And she asked me, she said, Cindy, how long have you been abstinent? And I looked at my little app on my phone. That's so cool. And I said, 113 days. And she said, every one of those days were miracles. And she's like, do you think your God would drop you and leave you now after bringing you this far? And do you think he can get you through what you need to do to get through these steps? And I said, yes, I, I believe that. She's like, I tell you what, if there's 
when you get to step nine and you have to do all of these things, she's like, you can go out that day, but can you commit to me that, that you'll stay in the program until then? And I said, yes, I can do that. Um, and the beautiful thing is, God, it's like nothing I've, I, I don't even know. It's like this divine intervention a lot of things that I thought I'd have to do, I'd never, I've not had to do. And he is restoring my relationships with my adult children now in a way that it's not me. I didn't do it. And um, I'm just time. And I just want to say thank you so much for that beautiful share, Melissa. God bless you. Thank you, Cindy. Amy B., you're up. Thank you, Katie. And thank you, Sarah, Team Tuesday. Melissa, thank you so much for that share. That was beautiful. You, you your, your whole presence is testimony to um, miracles and the miracles of this program and of, uh, of um, practicing these principles. You are, you are, you are just glowing with recovery. And I'm so grateful to have heard your story. And now I'm going to stop talking because I want to ask you a question, which is when you're in those tough days, when the road from six to seven is really, really long, what, what's your moment to moment? Like, how do you get to a next right action moment to moment when you're, when you're, you know, when, when God's saying, you know, on my time, I guess that's the question, if that makes any sense. Thank you. Yeah, it does. Um, so the first thing I do is like not do what I want to do, honestly. Like I that that contrary action really works for me. So um let's use today as an example, right? Um when I um I had it in my head that I really needed to talk to my husband about something. I had something figured out. It was really important that I talk to him about something, which means I should definitely not talk to him about what I thought I should talk to him about, right? And then, so I wrote about it this morning and um, I texted my sponsor. I have this all figured out. What? What I figured out? <laughs> she didn't even respond, right? Um, and, I, um, and I call people. I just, I really work the phone. I really do. Like when I was supposed to, when I was getting recovered, my sponsor said, you call three people every day and you have text-based conversations, meaning grounded in the text, right? Grounded in the work. We don't talk about the cats and the weather. And I formed those relationships and I have solid relationships with women. And I will call people until I get them on the phone. And I, I just, I just do. And I, I seek counsel. And I, um, I don't make a move until I've consulted with my spiritual advisory board because I'm insane and solitary self-appraisal is, is not okay for me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. By the way, I did seek counsel and my great idea turned out to be just fear and a terrible idea. So I did not do my great idea today. Thank you, Amy, and thank you, Melissa. Who's up next? 
Jody, go ahead. Hi, I'm Jody, compulsive overeater. I'm really grateful to be here, really nervous to be sharing. Um, I've only come to this meeting a handful of times and I really need it. I really need you women and what I'm hearing. Um, Melissa, thank you so, so much. I am like filled up with tears because I felt like you were telling my story like verbatim um, and to see you right now and how you're presenting yourself. It's like unbelievable. Um, and I want that. I want that. I want to get well, um, for myself, for my husband, for my kids, for the life that I can have. And I, and, and I, and the life that I, I only have because of program when I was really working it. And somehow as I took my will back, um, I, I lost, I lost it. So I just, I really want to make a change. Um, so trying to do what is suggested of me. And, you, you know, that last question um, made me wonder, you know, cause you said you made phone calls that were grounded in the text. I, you know, I'm on step one with my sponsor. I got a sponsor um, and it's, I don't, it's, I'm, how did you have those conversations when you were starting out? Cause that's, it's really uncomfortable for me and I don't really know how to. Okay. So, I mean, if it's uncomfortable, great. Right. Cause if it's comfortable for me, then like, so what, right. What was comfortable was like sitting in my basement binging. Right. So that didn't work. So like, um, I mean, what the way it works. So I'll just tell you exactly what I did. Right. I can only share my experience. So I went to a phone meeting every day. I went to the same meeting. I went to a 7 a.m. meeting. There's a member list on that on that meeting. Right. I listened to that meeting. I took notes on that meeting. I listened for the, the people that I thought had great shares. Right. That sounded like they had great recovery. And I would write down there, I would look up their names. I, I was a recovery stalker. I would write down their names, right? And then I would go on the line and it was like, Janie C from Duluth, whatever, right? And then I would text her and I would say, hi, my name is Melissa. I have like six days of this. Um, I heard you on the line this morning. I'd love to talk. And then I would call her and I would say whatever it is and she would, they, people call you back. And I would like say, whatever is, I'm, I'm working on step one. And, you know, I'm really struggling with this idea. You know, I want to give you more time. What? That's three minutes. Oh, well, I would just actually say, well, just sorry, like say exactly what's going on with you. Mine was always, I don't believe in God. And my sponsor, can you talk to me about how you got a relationship with God? I said that for like seven steps, by the way. Thank you, Jody. And thank, thank you. Everyone. Angela. Hey everyone, I'm Angela, gratefully uh, recovering uh, compulsive overeater. Um, I am just so moved tonight. Um, Thank you so much, Melissa, for your share. Uh, 
Your story is, uh, it's heart-wrenching and it's hopeful, you know? It's, um, uh, I, was in a, I was in that, in a relationship where my crazy, um, you know, behavior, uh, my fear of parenting, um, you know, I did some awful things to two children that were in my life. And um, what's so amazing about this program, because I hear you saying like, I'm the same person, I'm still in the house, I'm still with the same man, I'm still with the same children, and yet everything's different. And do you know that um, I was able to make amends to those two children? It was so amazing. It was so amazing to just be honest, you know, about my limitations and my hurt that I caused them. And, um, and the generosity in their spirit, you know, that they accepted my amends. Um, it just was, it was so healing. And um, I just thank you so much for your raw honesty and your willingness to be that vulnerable and share that with us. And um, this program gives me hope every day that I can have a different life. And, uh, and I see it modeled before me every day, right? In these meetings by people sharing their stories and their experience and their hope. And uh, I'm just really, really grateful for your share tonight. Thank you. We will now stop the recording for un we will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Would the Zoom host please stop the recording?